And so today is week two of Growth Track. And so we just want you to really get connected, and because that's what we're talking about today is connection. Um, but we really want you to get connected to the church. So the reason this whole series exists is it's a way to help, maybe if you're new here to Open Life, to on-ramp into what Open Life is doing. Or if you've been here a long time, you know, some, some people, you probably don't come each and every week for the whole year, so maybe you've missed something. Maybe you didn't know that our mission was people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And so this, if you've been here a while, it's just to get us all on the same page. And so this is the point of our series growth track today. And so two weeks ago was our introduction. We talked about our core beliefs, the things that we believe about Bible, the Bible and God and about ourselves. And so it's very important to kind of know those things and talk about those things. Then last week was like our first official week of growth track. And last week we talked about culture, our culture and our members, like what membership means. And so just a refresher, our culture phrases are these things down here where it really just talks about that we help people experience Jesus. We're present with our community. We're generous. We're uncomplicated. We, I might have, um, we're genuine and then we have fun. I might have skipped one in there. Sometimes I just start talking. But uh, on, your, on your seat, I want to point out to you, you have a membership commitment card. And so what that is, if you would take that, you can read through it over the course of today's service. You can check those boxes if you're comfortable doing that. And then what we just want to do is formalize, kind of in a way, people that say, you know what, I'm all in with open life. I agree with these things and I commit to doing these things. And so you can read through those things. And so last week we talked about what it means to join the mission of open life, what it means to build the culture of open life. And so today we are going to be really focusing on what it means to commit to connecting with God and each other. And so if you've been to open life for a long time, you can probably check all those boxes off. You know, you're, you might serve somewhere here at the church. You might be really involved in things that have been doing here at Open Life for years and years and years. So you just check the boxes and fill it out, and then you're good to go. It just formalizes it. It says, you know what? I'm still all in. The second thing you do is maybe you haven't quite jumped in yet. You just, you know what? I'm still kind of like investigating. I still want to know what this church is all about. And so maybe after today, you'll check all the boxes, or you're going to grab that thing and take it home with you, and you'll bring it back next week. Or you, we'll have them for the whole series, so you don't have to bring it back. We'll just leave it here, and we'll have another one for you next week. And you might say, you know what? I am, at the end of this series, I'm going to know everything about open life, because that's what we're going to be talking about. And th then you'll do it. But maybe you're also here, and you'd say, you know what? I'm just not, like ready, and that's totally fine. We welcome everyone here at Open Life, and if you're just not ready to be like a member, and you don't want to consider yourself part of the family, and you just want to be here and just listen and be encouraged by God and be encouraged by Jesus, that's totally fine too. Membership just means it's like a next step. It's like a growth track. If you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus, we really think that this, these things, these commitments of being part of Open Life will actually help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. We want to help lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. And so, why this is all important. Today we're talking about connection. And why this is really important, and actually it's an advantage for you here at Open Life, because we're a mobile church. But each day that you can walk into this church, you can, if, you, if you make the connection, you can realize that there are actually people here over two hours ago helping setting up like our church. Like oftentimes we have this idea of what church is. And when we started Open Life, actually 
it wasn't people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Our mission was leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And so it kind of just reinforced this idea that a lot of people have about the church, that it's just a thing. It's a non-living like, entity or object that we can just go to church. It's a place. It's a thing. It's not really living. We can go there. And then, you know, you know just by being there, we might grow in our relationship with God. But what you realize when you come to a church like this is that everything you're seeing here had to be put together and set up by people. And that's going to be the key word of today. It's the key word of like pretty much all that we do here at Open Life is people because we want people to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And so what you quickly realize, if you hopefully you've understood this, we've kind of hammered it home a lot recently, is that the church is not a thing. It's not a non-living entity. It's not this, this like building. The church is actually people. And so when you go out today, oftentimes at, at a normal church that has a building, you might leave it and say, well, I'm leaving church. I am going away from church. You know, that's what you're doing. You get in your car, you go to your house. But what we would want you to realize is that as people who are the church, the church, you, are going with yourself. Like God, the Holy Spirit inside of you, is going out. And so in a way, on Sundays here at Open Life, and at every church, like let's be honest, every church that proclaims Jesus and lifts him up in our community and around the world, when you leave a building, the church is going with you. You are the church. And so that's what's really exciting. And when we're talking about connection, this is what's important, is if we don't have the connection with the church, we're severely neglecting what the church is. And so the church is people. Open life is people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And Growth Track, this series, is really explaining how we can grow from thinking of the church as a building or a thing and starting really to think about the church as a people and really as of who you are. And so 1 Corinthians 11.1 says this, Paul's writing it, and this is kind of the example we should look to in the way we should live our lives. And he says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Other translations actually say, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And that's how we should live our lives if we're followers of Jesus. We should say, you know what, I want other people to follow me as I follow Jesus. And this is, this, is the, this is how you go from being the people on the far right of this little mission statement, people leading people. Like when you come into this place, you might not have a relationship with Jesus, so we want to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. But if we take the idea that Paul just said is that we need to imitate Christ and have other people imitate us as we do that, then we become people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And so today we're going to be talking about this first thing on the, the group of three. We believe that you can grow in your relationship with Jesus by connecting, serving, and sharing. So today our big idea, what we're talking about, is that, that commitment on your card that says, I commit to com- connecting with God and each other. And so I want you to think about the pedals of a bicycle. You got two pedals, and most bikes, the pedals don't just loosely spin. Like if one is up, the other one is down, and then when you pedal forward, the other one comes up as the one that you're pushing down goes down. And so really, everything that we talk about between these connecting, serving, and sharing can be seen as like a pedal on a bike. That we connect with God, but we also connect with each other. 
We serve God and we also serve each other. We share with God and we also share with each other. And so just think about, like, when you're riding on a bike, it'd be really weird, unless I didn't have a leg, to be pushing just with one leg on a bicycle the whole time. If, like, one leg would get huge, like, by being strengthened, and I might have this really huge calf muscle and I'd have to, like, walk as a limp if I only pedaled with one foot. But it's a cycle. And so when we do it, it actually helps our body be healthy as we, you know, are using both of our legs. It's really simple stuff. And so, but it's the same with when we're connecting with other people. And as we focus on connection, we have to connect with God, obviously. We're here at a church. This is the whole purpose of what we're doing. We want to connect with God. But we also should connect with others. And that's when you begin to see those come together and work together that's when we find spiritual maturity. That's when we grow as the church together. And so that's when you see the church not as a thing that you go to, but a thing that we are and we live out and we begin to connect with other people as well. And so the story I want to talk about comes from Acts 2. And so just to catch you up with where this is in the story, Jesus has lived his earthly life. He's been crucified. Three days later, he rose to life. And then for 40 days, he met with the disciples. It kind of shocked them, surprised them. And so this, this story that I'm going to read about is they're gathered in one place. And it's Acts 2 is where this will be coming from. But they're gathered in an upper room. And they're praying, just waiting on God. Because Jesus had said, you know what? Wait for the Holy Spirit to come to you before you leave Jerusalem. And so they're waiting in this upper room. And so it comes to a harvest festival. It's called Pentecost. And so they are there. They're praying together. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just enters the room. And so you read things like flames and tongues of fire go on each person. And so all these people in this room begin to speak in other language as the Holy Spirit enables them. And so everyone outside of this little meeting is like listening in and they're like, man, these people are drinking early. They're like drunk. And so Peter stands up, the leader, kind of the leader of the group, and he goes to him, no, 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 no. We're not drunk. We're actually full of the Holy Spirit. And so then he begins to explain to them who Jesus is, kind of like his life, how he died and rose again for them. And so then what you read at the end of this is that 3,000 people chose to believe in Jesus at this time, at this moment. And so really this is the birth of the church. And so when we're talking about connection, this is kind of the theme verse. And we're talking really about what open life is. We want to use this kind of as an example of what to do. So in Acts 2, 42 through 47, it says this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And so if you read over that story about the start of the church, and you read about these things I think we did this by design, but I'm really glad when I was reading over them. There, everything on here fits with that idea of the church. There's people leading people in their growing relationship with Jesus. There's connection. There's serving. There's sharing with one another. 
They're experiencing who Jesus is. They're present with their community. People are seeing it. They're generous with each other. It's pretty uncomplicated. That first verse, what did they do? They devoted themselves to teaching, to fellowship, and sharing in meals and to prayer. That's a simple list. They were genuine with one another, and I imagine they had fun. I imagine it's the most funnest thing that they were ever a part of. They had joy, it says, and so that's the example we have as a church, and that's really what we're going for when we, we meet together. Those are the things that we want to happen. We want open life to be a place for people to come and find miracles and find connection with God and connection with each other. And so today we're going to split it into two actions, and the first one, action one, is connecting with God. It's, again, what we're all here for. Just like a phone connects to a voice of a friend on the other line, just like our compu computers are connected to the internet, just like our appliances are connected to a power source, we need to be connected to God so that we're empowered to live our lives. Our connection with God is so important. And so if I asked you today, are you connected to God, what would be your answer? Would you even know what to look for in your own life to even say, yeah, I am connected to God, or you know what, I'm not connected to God, or I'm not connecting with God. And so at Open Life, we want to make sure that you know that there are practices that you can instill in your life, that you can start in your life, no matter what stage of your faith journey you're in, that you can start a bunch of different things. And so sometimes these are called practices, or they're called spiritual disciplines. And so, but what they do is they let us reorient our lives towards Jesus, and they just say, God, I want to connect with you in a deeper way. I want that flow of power to be uninhibited. And so I, there's a book that I really love. It's by Dallas Willard, if you've ever heard of him. His, it's called The Spirit of the Disciplines. And so what he does is he talks about 15 different disciplines that are, that are put in two different groups. And the first group is called Disciplines of Abstinence. And then the second group is called Disciplines of Engagement. And I think they're on the screen right behind me. And I'm just going to list them off with a quick sentence just to explain what they are. Because some of them are kind of confusing. So the first, we'll start with the Disciplines of Abstinence. So we have solitude. It's just times of being alone before God. Silence. Times of being silent to listen to God. Fasting. Giving up for the purpose of depending on God. Frugality, it's not being mastered by my finances or, or my possessions. Chastity, and so this one might be a little confusing, because so just listen to the explanation. It's not being mastered by my sexuality no matter what stage of life I'm in. So I'm not saying that it's bad for you to be married or bad for you if you are married to have sex. That's not what it's saying. But it's even in our relationships of marriage, we can be mastered by our sex life, and it can really ruin us if we're holding that as the supreme being in our relationships with our spouses or even in our relationship with God. And so at every stage of life, no matter what we are, we're called to live with holiness, live according to God's standard for sexuality. So then we have secrecy, is doing things without credit, choosing humility over pride. Then sacrifice, it's putting others' needs, others, their needs before your own. And so then we have the disciplines of engagement. And these ones will probably sound more familiar because they're the things like when you come to church, you're going to do something. You're not going to like, I'm going to come to church and then just be silent the whole time and just sit there. It's just, you know, we want to be more engaging. And so this is where these things come in. So the first is study. We want to consume God's word. Worship. We place worth onto God and we worship him for who he is. Celebration. We get to celebrate everything that God has given us in the life that we have because of him and everything in it. 
Then we have service, is that we serve others in the same way that Jesus served, and that's to everyone. Prayer, it's how we communicate with God. Fellowship is that we get to come together for community and for like the things that we do together as a family. And then you have confession. It's where we get to confess our sins to one another. And then submission is we mutually submit to each other as we follow Jesus. And so that's like a mouthful. That's a lot of things to keep in mind. That's a long list of things. But we do some of those things here at Open Life, and we'll jump into that. But something that's really interesting, if those are new to you or different, I want you to listen to what the purpose of these things are by the author. This is how he concluded that section. He says this, Which disciplines must be central to our lives will be determined by the chief sins of commission and omission. So sins of commission and omission. That's like sins that I've chosen to do, but then sins, this is really interesting, sinning by not doing something. That's a sin of omission. So then he says, uh, that enticed or threatened us from day to day. Arrogance, envy, wrath, sloth, avarice, gluttony, and lasciviousness. That is a fun word. The seven deadly sins of theological and literary history, along with many others, are not phantoms or jokes, but hard-bitten realities whose dreadful effects can be viewed hour by hour. They call for a comparably hard-nosed, tough response on our part, supported by infinite grace. So to sum that up, the author is saying, we can see the sin in our lives hour by hour, day by day. But we can do things, we can do spiritual disciplines and practices in our weak areas to help us in those areas. And the thing I love about, the part I bolded, is that we get to be supported by infinite grace as we do these practices. So anything we do to connect to God and to become closer to God is supported by infinite grace that he's given to us through his Holy Spirit. And so if you think some of those things look hard or challenging, it's because they are, and we get to do them with the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us if we've chosen to follow Jesus. And so at Open Life, you're here really about three main ways that we connect with God here on Sundays and also together in groups. But this is kind of focused on Sundays. But the first one is that we want to encourage you, not only here on Sunday, but daily, is to be studying Scripture. We should take time each day to open up Scripture and absorb what it has for us. We live in an age where the resources that we have at our fingertips are at an all-time high, especially pertaining to Scripture. And so there's no excuse for us not to be in Scripture on a daily basis. And so the things that we want to do when we are in Scripture is we want to read it. We want to study it. And then the next steps is something new, maybe you've never done, start to memorize it. You know, find your—what I want to encourage you to do, I encourage everyone to do this. Just go through Scripture— And when you find a verse that really resonates with you, to really write it down and say, you know what, this is my life verse. And then to memorize it, to be able to say, you know what, each day I might even think about this verse. I'm going to live it out because this is kind of what God has spoken to me. And then finally, we can meditate on Scripture. And so one of the ways that we do, um, we talk about reading Scripture is through a process called SOAP. And so it's Scripture, Observation, Application, and what's the fourth one? Do you remember? Pray, yeah. This is what we talked about last week. You know, like, so we get to do this process of joining together in our scripture times where we take the scripture, we observe about it, we find applications in it, and then we pray about it. 
And so the reason, so then what's funny is the next thing on that list, actually I need to read a verse first. 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. This is like why it's important. It says this, this is Paul writing to Timothy and he's encouraging him and he says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to, prayer, to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And so that's really important. We want to be in scripture so we're equipped and prepared to do every good work that he has for us to do and wills us to do. And so if you haven't downloaded the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, I want to encourage you to do that. If you have a Bible sitting on your bookshelf and it's just sitting there with dust and you've never read it before, pull it down and read it. Check what version it is. It might be confusing, and so you might need to buy a new one. We use the NLT here at Open Life, and it's very good. It's easy to understand. But we just encourage you to be in Scripture daily. It's a daily discipline that we can do, a daily practice that helps us be closer to God to, so he can equip us for the good works that he has for us. So the next thing is prayer. And we just got out of a series called prayer, and so there's a key acronym that we use for that. So if you think, here's the continuation. We talked about reading scripture. You got your scripture, you got your observation, your application, and your prayer. But then for prayer, when you're praying, some people are intimidated by prayer. And they don't know how to form a conversation with God. Well, that's all it is, is a conversation with God. And so here's a simple way. We talked about it. Praise, repent, ask, and yield. And so we talked about that in the series that was last. It's called Never Give Up. And then we also talked about prayer over a year and a half ago in another series called As It Is in Heaven. We like to talk about prayer here at Open Life because it's actually important that we're communicating with God also on at least a daily basis. But as we're encouraged in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, he's, this is what Paul says. He says, rejoice always to actually pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so if we can get to a point where we're communicating with God and we begin to see just this growth and where prayer actually becomes part of our hourly life, where it's like, you know what, I'm going to just offer up a prayer to God, just say, thanks for giving me my breath this morning. Or a little bit later on, you're like, God, I pray for this coworker who I just heard is going through a really tough time in their marriage or their life or their kids are acting up. When we begin to make prayer a ritual practice throughout the entire day, we begin to get closer to God. And so then here at Open Life, the third thing is worship. And it's basically how we tell God that he's worthy. And so in every service at Open Life, we have a time of praise and worship where we just have music and where we put words up on the screen. And what's really important is when you begin to take those words and actually connect them to God and say, God, how are these things true in my life? So when we sing, like, um, nothing can take my hallelujah, how does that apply to your life and the things that you've walked through? How have you trusted God through a circumstance to say where you could stand there and praise to God and just say, nothing can take away my hallelujah? It's a simple example. Psalm, Psalms 5-7 says, because of your unfailing love, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. That's what we do when we worship, is we give God our deepest awe, where we sit in his presence. 
Romans 12.1 also talks about worship, but in a different way. And so this is where we begin to see spiritual maturities. We can take our times of worship at open life and begin to apply them to the way that we live our lives. And so it says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So Paul says this is truly worship when we offer everything that we have that's a part of our lives to God and say, God, I'm going to live my life according to your purposes and your promises, and that becomes our daily worship. And so that's how we actually become spiritually mature. So we believe at Open Life, those three things are what we always are going to focus on. Being in Scripture daily, praying daily, and worshiping. And so if you don't know good worship songs, we on the app, we like to use the resources we have, but on the app, there's a Spotify playlist that has our worship songs that we played here at Open Life. And I'd encourage you to listen to those things or go listen to your own worship music. But it's just an incredible opportunity for us to connect to God. And so there is a danger, though, and so I just want to be clear, is that anytime we begin to put in these spiritual disciplines and spiritual practices, we begin to think that I'm doing the salvation, I'm working it out, and that I'm the one actually causing God to favor me. And so that's what we often do is like, I put in the work, I'm getting the credit. But this is what Paul says. And so there's going to be a little bit of salt and pepper with these next two verses. The first one, this is what Paul says about that. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. So Paul's saying it's not because of the good works that you're doing that you're saved, but it's because of your faith in him. So that's a little salt. But then what does James say about this? James 2, 17-18 says, So you see, faith by itself isn't in us. It isn't enough unless, you, unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now some of them argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. And so it's really easy to think that those are conflicting with each other. But I want you to think of it more as like, like that thing, a seasoning. Because if we go before God and we say, God, I'm going to earn the salvation that you want to give me then we're never going to be good enough. We're going to fail constantly. It might work for a little bit, but we're going to fail. But then on the other hand, it'd be easy to say, well, if it just takes faith, I just don't have to do anything. I can just, you know, say the prayer, check the box, and I'm good to go. I just cash my ticket to heaven. Where James would say, no, out of your faith, there needs to be good works. Just like the way that we read scripture is to equip us for every good work that God has for us. And so out of our faith, we want to let these practices let us grow closer and closer to who God is so that we can be empowered and strengthened to do the work that God has for us. And so those are the dangers. Those are the things that you need to go. So the question is, how are you connecting with God? Are you known by God? Have you made that connection? And if you haven't, then I encourage you to pray, to jump into Scripture, to maybe take a step in worship. Maybe you're going to just focus and maybe this, sun, this like in our response time later, you would lift your hand just as an act of surrender that says, God, I just choose to worship you and just let you have my awe to say that you're worth it. Then, so then we go to action two, is that we want, need to connect with others. This is the other pedal on the bicycle. 
connecting with God, connecting with others. And so last week we said that to grow, that we do that around two different places. And the first one is around stages and around tables. And so when we're actually doing this, when we're connecting with others at Open Life, the first day we do, the first way that we do this is around stages. Well, you were probably invited to Open Life or you went to, onto Google, searched for churches in Bonnie Lake and found Open Life. But we meet here around a stage where we're being inspired, motivated to live for Jesus, to experience him, to grow in our relationship with him. And so gathering together in one place, we do that to devote ourselves. We do that to devote to worship. We devote ourselves to scripture, to prayer, and to sharing with one another. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And so we gather together here at Open Life because, in a way, we get to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. The reason that Open Life can feed people at Thanksgiving for the Big Give is because we've gathered together to meet a need in our community. The reason we can give school supplies during the summer, at the end of the summer, so kids don't have to pay for their own school supplies is because people gather together for one purpose to do that. The reason that we can go and even have groups or a marriage ministry here at Open Life is because we first came here and gathered together and inspired together for what God wants to do in our community. And so this time where we gather together and connect with one another is very important. You can't have the smaller groups unless you have the bigger groups. And so the challenges for each of us here is that we need to welcome our guests. We need to be welcoming when people come in here. We need to, this should be a warm place for people to come and connect where they don't feel like they're alone, where they feel embraced and loved and just cherished even. And not in a weird way. And so there's a fine line. There's a fine line to say, hello, my name is Jaden. How are you today? And then there's also like, Hey, my name's Jaden. What are you up to later this week? You want to hang out? You want to, you know, it's like, there's a, there's like a balance there. And so we need to walk on that line and we just need to embrace people warmly. That's why we have greeters. That's where we'd like to have more greeters. And we'd like to have even ushers to be able to, you know, there's a lots of nooks and crannies open in these areas of seats. And so everyone likes to sit in the back. But if maybe if you knew there are op- like three open roads up here at the front, you'd want to join in closer. But just thinking that we should be a welcoming place that welcomes people. And that's one of the commitments that is underneath those little checkboxes if you read over there. But it does also, we connect with others around tables. And again, even this is like a bicycle. Around a stage and around a table. You can only connect with a small group of people if you want, but you're going to miss out on the big stuff. You're not going to be a part of those big things if you're just around a table. But when you're around a table, you get to experience some amazing things. You get to experience support that probably you've never felt before. You get to experience prayer in different ways that you've never felt before. You get to ask for help in ways that maybe you're not accustomed to. And that's the beauty and value of being in a group. That's the value of our re-engage marriage class, is that it's a small group where we get to be honest about the things that are going on in our marriages, and we get to just really talk about those things and walk through them. And it's hard, and it's not easy, but it's in that small group where that happens. And honestly, this is probably our church's biggest weakness, is groups. 
It's having enough small groups for everyone when you consider schedules and when you consider just everything that's going on with soccer teams and basketball teams and volleyball teams and cheerleading. I guess that's a thing. That's why you probably walked a lot of extra spaces to get here this morning. And so there's things going on. And so we, that's where we have to set that priority list and say, what is important in my life? And what am I going to choose to say yes to? But it means I might have to say no to something else. And so that's what we wanted. That's what groups is here at Open Life. Is that they're groups of connection with one another where we proclaim God. And it's not in a weird way. It's like, you know, we have groups that meet over dinner. Like over doing what the apostles did. They met over meals. And they just have a time of prayer at the end. They may even open up the Bible if they want. There's different formats for different groups here at Open Life. And that's our vision and passion for that. And so then the next thing is neighboring. It's like how we connect with others. Yeah, we can connect smaller around tables with people at Open Life, but how am I connecting with other people outside of my church? And this is what neighboring is. is where we can think about people in our community or in our blast radius that I have a connection to. And something, other, another commitment on that commitment card is that you would invite someone that's not connected to a church to join with you at Open Life. And so that can be a challenging thing to say, oh, I'm going to invite someone to church. And so maybe a gateway drug to inviting someone to church is for you to actually invite someone to your house for a meal. Yeah, I said gateway drug. It's funny. <laughs> but it is like, it's an entrance. If someone gets to know who you are before they might, you might be like just, oh, I mean, they might not like church. Well, do they like you? You're the church. Ooh, wow, I actually didn't think about that. But it's true. When you can invite someone into your home, it's a lot easier to say, you know what, you've been to my house, why don't you come, don't say this, this would be super cheesy. Why don't you come to the house? Say that. But don't do that, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Invite someone into your home, and then invite someone to where community is happening in your life. <laughs> that was not in my notes. So, the question is, how are you connecting with others? And maybe a more important question is, are you known by others? Because it's intimidating to go up to someone and ask them to like, actually know who they are. But what if you go with the, with the posture of, you know what? I want to be known, and I'm going to actually share a little bit about myself. I'm going to open up a little bit. Now, again, know your own social cues. Some people overshare and, like, overwhelm people. But sometimes we just close ourselves off, and it's like, you know what? I'm coming to church, but no one here is going to know who I am. But when we're talking about some of those spiritual disciplines of fellowship, confession, of joining together for each other's needs. Sometimes you have to let yourself be known and let known what you're walking through. And so the goal that we have for this, this today's talk, the goal that we would inspire to achieve is that we would connect with God as we connect with others. And so we split them off. We, when we were talking about challenging, we, when you commit to something, we want you to commit to connecting with God and to commit to connecting with others. But really the goal is that you would connect with God as you're connecting with others. And this is where the bicycle analogy really comes into play. Because it is like a bicycle journey where you're pedaling along and it's this cycle and it's this process that feeds itself. 
And so, like, being truthful. Some of you might feel like, I'm great at connecting with people, but I'm just, I'm intimidated with this idea of connecting with God. And so you're pedaling along with one leg, trying to get this church thing down, but it's just not coming. It's because you need to connect with God. On the flip side, some of you are like, man, I love connecting with God, but the, the idea of connecting with another person just, is just fear, flashing, anxiety, coming up because I have to talk to someone. And so again, you're pedaling along with one leg and you're not getting everything that you could get out of this community called Open Life. And so this is what the goal is, that we would do those together, that we would begin to be a part of groups, that we would begin to connect on a Sunday versus just running out. Maybe talk to the person sitting next to you if you don't know them. Husbands and wives, you know, you're off the hook. You don't have to talk to each other. You can talk to yourselves at home. But what I'm saying is, like, let this be a place of community that actually is community and not just this community idea that we're throwing out on Sunday to Sunday, but where we can really have fellowship, where we can begin to see things that are happening in people's lives. Because, and when we're talking about prayer, that's the power of prayer. When you actually pray for someone you know and you see God work in a way that you were just praying to God for, then you're encouraged by it because you knew what was happening in their lives. That's the power of being known. That's the power of connection. That's the power of community. I just want to read Acts 2, 42-47 again to let it kind of sandwich today's talk at the beginning and the end, and then we're just going to pray and worship and recommit ourselves to connecting. And so this is what it says again. Just think about the challenge, and just think about all the things you've talked about and the things on this list. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. And our action point today is to recommit to connecting. Would you do that today? Maybe you haven't checked all the boxes on the, the membership commitment card. Maybe you'll do that today and you say, you know what, I am going to recommit or I'm going to commit to connecting with God and each other. Maybe you'll take the actual connect card that's in the worship guide and you'll write down a prayer request and you're going to say, you know what, it's time for me to be known at least to the prayer team and the staff of Open Life about what's going on in my life. Connecting, it's like the, for me, when you're like coming up with a plan or idea of what church could look like, connecting seems to me like the easiest thing. But when you come back and think about it, connecting could actually be the hardest thing because it's intimidating when we need to be known. Sometimes it's a lot easier to serve on a Sunday morning than it is to actually let people know what's going on in your life. And so that's the challenge. The challenge that we have for today is that we would recommit ourselves. Whether you've been a Christian your whole life or whether, you know, just in the last year you started following Jesus and this idea is new. We all can recommit. We can all take a next step in how we connect with others, how we connect with God. And so I just want to encourage you with that today. And then I want to encourage you to come back next week because it is going to be something you wouldn't ever dream 
<laughs> like honestly, you'll probably never have been in a church service like you'll experience next week and it's gonna be great and you're gonna learn about yourself and I promise you're not gonna have to stand up in front of anyone and say anything. So don't be intimidated, but it's gonna be a fun service to be a part of. So God, we just thank you for the time this morning to connect with you first. God, we put our priorities where they need to be, God, and we just stand in awe of you. We take time to worship you, to praise you, to give you thanks for all that you've given in our lives. God, I thank you for the people here today that I get to connect with here at Open Life. I thank you for each and every person that took time out of their day, an hour and 15 minutes, God, to just connect with other people and to connect with you together with them, God. And so we just give you praise for that. We thank you for each and every person. We thank you for the needs and the prayer requests, God, that we have the honor and the passion to pray for. God, let us also pray for others. Let us also connect with others today. God, I pray over any need that anyone has in this place today, God. And I just pray, Lord, that these people would be able to connect with you in a new and deeper way, God. I pray that our hearts would be challenged to seek after miracles, to seek after healing, to seek after new jobs, to seek after financial blessing where we need it, God. God, would your spirit fill this place because you fill us with your love, with your glory, and with your power, God. And so we take time right now to just offer our praise to you, to remember that we have the opportunity to connect with a loving God who loves and cares for us, God, no matter where we're at. And so we just lift this up to you and this time to you today. In your name, amen.